I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Welcome to Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my good buddy, Chief John Salka. And John, uh, you know, uh, I, I've talked, you know, I brag on you. Wherever we go, I brag on you. You're my best friend, and uh, it's easy to brag on you. And, and uh, uh, you just hit, what was it, just your 40th? It would have been your 40th anniversary with the FDNY 40 years ago. Now, you've been doing this. You've been in a fire service for 43 years, right? Roughly about 43 years, volunteer career. And and you four years ago is when you got into the FDNY, correct? Correct, correct. Right. So seventy uh, six, I joined the volleys when I was just in a senior in high school in Mineola out there in Long Island. And a couple of years later, seventy nine, I got on the FDNY. This actually yesterday was the actual fortieth anniversary of my uh, being sworn in. Well, wait, 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 wait. There's a whole nother section there we just left out there, buddy. Where you went, you went from Minio Long Island. Let's. I'm, I'm going to ask you. Do me a favor for our, for our listeners. There's a lot of guys ask this, John. Um, a lot of guys are planning their careers and thinking about their futures, or where, you know, a lot of young guys like you and I were a long time ago. Say, so I wonder where we'll be one day in this whole fire service business. So you started as a volunteer in, in Mineola on Long Island, all right. And, and then where, where did you go before the FDNY? What was your first right. career That's job? Another thing, another thing that came up, and my, and my <laughs> daughter Maureen put on uh, Facebook as well about my, my 40 years, and she included Mineola. She included Titusville, Florida. So what happened was, um, you know, on the volleys with, uh, with my buddy Richie Bonnets and a whole bunch of other great people. That's a, that's a town I was born and raised in. You know, I knew everybody with the high school with all the young guys. And, um, in the volleys, yeah, having a great time. And then we went on vacation, he and I, with no intention of doing anything other than driving down to Florida. And we did in my CJ5, of all things. Oh, my CJ5, God. CJ5, CJ5. a small Jeep, bounced all the way down to Florida. <laughs> I think it was spring break. We had no reservations for anything, for hotels or anything else. We just drove down like two young idiots that we were. And I think we slept a couple of nights in the Jeep because there was no hotels and whatever. But what we did notice was all the firehouses were paid. Every place we went, there were guys in uniform on duty. And being young volunteers from Long Island, you know, with limited experience, we're thinking, we thought the whole world was damn volunteers. We didn't think everybody was, you know. So anyway, <laughs> we start stopping by a couple of these places, and everybody was very friendly. I can't quite remember where we were, but up there, Daytona Beach and stuff. And guys told us, oh, yeah, you need to, you need to go to the uh, state academy. You need to get state certified in Florida. You can't just join a fire department and then train you up and go to work. No, you got to have a state certification. Mind you now, this is 40 years ago. 77, 78 in the state of Florida, you had to have a state 200-hour certificate to work anywhere in the state. That's a long time ago. And uh, I think now it's up to like 600 hours, some, some but, other larger number. But make a long story short, go ahead. But Florida has always been um, 
leaders when it comes to the certifications and the training of firefighters. I mean, it is now, but even back then they were, they were on the forefront. That's what I'm saying. And they had a physical, it was even tougher than most written exams. And uh, so these guys tell us, listen, you got to go to Ocala. It's a state fire academy, Florida State Fire Academy. You got to go for the minimum standards, 200 hour course, which is what we saw. As soon as we got home, we started looking it up. Of course, there was no computers or nothing back then, but we started looking it all up and we both registered, signed up, enrolled. I think we had to pay about $50, five zero, fifty dollars each of us had to pay per week for that class. Wow. Out of state. If you were in state, <laughs> it's covered. In state it was a it was a free or you just go to the fire academy and get it. So it was, you know, two hundred hours. It was just four weeks long. And uh, but along with all the technical stuff, hose and axes and tools and they also get you ready for the physical, which was quite, quite demanding sit-ups and push-ups and a run and all sorts of other stuff. It's so demanding that most people, lots of people didn't pass it. Anyway, we got done, graduated. You buy the newspaper, you look for firefighter jobs, like you look for <laughs> printer's job or truck driver's jobs. And, and we, we filed and, and took tests in Hillsborough County and Tampa and Titusville and I think one more place. And sure enough, a couple of days later, we're staying in a motel in Titusville now because they give you the results right away. It's not like up here with civil service where you wait a month and it takes something else. You wait a month to take something else. <laughs> and we got a call from Richard Cherry. God rest his soul. He passed away just about two days ago. Wow. Uh, wow. We got a call from Richard Cherry saying, Josh Sullivan, this is, this is Chief Cherry from Titusville Fire Department. How'd you like to be a fireman? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and we started like two days later. Come on down tomorrow, get your badges and your uniforms. And we were Holy like, cow. <laughs> you know? Holy cow. It was amazing. It was it was it was like emergency. It was like you know being on Johnny Gage. You know. Well, it be, you know, like most like, like most of the volunteers I know, they're they're into it, and you know, they they live, eat, and breathe it. And a lot of the young ones, you know, the young guys and gals, they you know, a lot of them do have that dream, John, of one day becoming the career firefighter. So I can't imagine the I know I know excitement I had when I I'm got excited there. right now talking about it. <laughs> And, tight, and the guys at Titusville, the, 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 the people there, stay, a lot of them there have been around for a while, I still remember you, you know. You know, we, we, I don't know what we did, but, you know, two, two hoopals from New York, you know, with the New York <laughs> young guys, pretty volley. So, you know what, we had some good background already before we went to Ocala, before we graduated. So, it's not like we were sharp or anything, but we had some, we had some skills, you know. And I guess they got a kick out of us with our accent, and we were sort of funny. We were two young single guys, and... We had a great time. We made some some pretty good friends. Uh, Fred Yachts being one of them. We're still friends with Fred. Uh, Richie and I both uh, uh, visited him recently. Like last year, he came up to Manhattan with his wife and another couple and for a week on vacation. And we stopped one night and met with them and went out to dinner and all. And so, uh, yeah, we, we made some lifelong friends and uh, and had a great. We weren't there for very long. I was there for less than two years. And I saw there. I saw the picture. Now the picture, like Maureen posted a bunch of pictures, which were awesome. Um, one of them, you and one of your buddies stand next to an old American of France, man. Beautiful rig. That one of my buddies, that's Richie Bonnets. That's the guy that I lived with. That was the guy from Mineola Fire Department that went down there with me. And he came back and got on the FDNY as well. Yeah, we shared an apartment. And that I, that was an in-service rig, that American of France right there. That was Station 3 in Titusville. On yeah, State so Rock. that's the Titusville pumper you were standing next to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We oh, drove God. that. Yeah. Golly. And Sorry. Titusville. I don't want to call it a flash in the pan, although, although from the perspective of the calendar, it was. But it was a great place that I that I it was my first career job. You know, I never forgot well, it. And everywhere we go, I love when you tell that because you love 
you know, a lot of guys, you know, I've uh, been with uh, LA or Chicago for this song. They don't ever really tell you about where it all started and, and where they came from. And you love talking about, you know, being a volley in Long Island, you tell that story and you love talking about your experiences in Titusville. It's just, I, mean, FDNY, I think that's awesome. FDNY was my third fire department. It was the third fire department I was in, wow. you know, second career, but, uh, so, so, so how, how, how long were you in How long were you there? How long were you in Titusville? Oh, I think I was there about eighteen months or twenty months or something. It wasn't. It wasn't. I don't think it was two years. All right, but it seems a lot longer. Oh my God! I feel like I was there five years. <laughs> and, and and Tom Barker and Bill Davis and I could just write, recite the names like I was there forever. Yeah. All right. So growing up on Long Island, you know, you're, you you watched you you watched Emergency and all the shows and everything else and. You were just, but I know the dream was to be an FTNY firefighter, to work for No, that. actually, my dream was oh, to that, be a National County cop. That's right. That, let me, let me, yep. I always forget that because both you and I were cops, or what I was. I actually did it, but I know you, oh, man. I, I, I went to college. I went to New State University in New York at Farmingdale for criminal justice, and I was in an Explorer post at the National County Police Headquarters, and we had uniforms and everything, and let me tell you, baby, I was on the hook. I was going. Oh. Uh, and uh, and and I was in the volleys. You know, I, I I joined the volunteer fire department when I was still in high school. So so I had the gear and I had the leather helmet and I had the siren and the fire trucks and and I want to be a, a cop. And I, I mean, could I could picture you with the five star hat that they wear and all the freaking medals from your shield and all your cops. Oh man, stuff. we I had mean, the whole we had the hat and everything. We had everything. We had the uniform. It was pretty cool. <laughs> you know? And uh, and my buddy Rich Bonas, who I went to Titusville with, convinced me to take the FDNY test. Come on, take it, take it, take it. Now, his girl at the time, Peggy Hayes, I remember her name. Uh, her dad apparently was a battalion chief. And uh, so that was his. Now, now, of all things, Richie Bonnet's dad was a, was a PD sergeant, NYPD oh, highway wow. patrol sergeant, you know. But he wanted to be a fireman. And he, and he, and he just kept after me, after me, after me. And, and he just reminded me recently, last time I spoke to him, he said, don't you remember? We went on the last day of filing, the last day. And we drove it to New York City. We, we, we stopped at a firehouse. The last application they have. Oh, there's the last one we got. Okay, you got it. They gave me an application. Went home and filled it out and had it stamped and notarized that day and got it in on time. And, and that's how I took the FDNY test because okay. at, his, at his urging, at his constant urging. Come on, take it, take it. And, and, and isn't, it, isn't it funny, John? You know, I, I started out as a, you know, a, a police explorer. You've heard me tell a story a thousand times about Frank Sinicki. He's passed down, but... I'm where I'm at because a cop cared enough about some dirtbag little kid that was getting into trouble um, to, to, to take care of me, you know, him and a dispatcher. And, and I ended up getting into fire service and, you know, as a young, young age in high school. And then cop while I was waiting to get hired as a firefighter paramedic. And so, and, and now we're talking, you started as a volley, you went to Titusville, Florida, which you could have very well been in Florida forever, your whole life. It's a wonderful state, a great fire service. We both love going there. We love, we have lots of friends there. But you, your dream was to be a cop. But now, all right, so now you filed, you're, 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 you're going to take the test for the FDNY. Now, you and I have talked about our good friend, John Mittendorf. We both love Chief Mittendorf from L.A. City. What a, what a, what a wonderful man. We, we both love John. And we talk about passion for the job. And John, John's been on our shows, John, where he's talked about the – Remember, he, he, was, he wasn't tall enough. Remember that story? He, was, he said yeah. he, he went down to take the city of Los Angeles exam, and he was like – like an inch, inch and a quarter, like short. And, and he had ridiculous rules back then about height and everything. So he comes back and his dad's like, ah, don't worry about that. We'll, 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 we'll fix it. I already, I already set you up for, for your, 
for your next physical two weeks and I'll do it again. He goes, he goes, we're going to do it first thing in the morning because you're longer in the morning because you're spine and when you sleep and everything else. And, and remember this. So he took him to the chiropractor, remember? And, 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 and he, the chiropractor and his old man built a wooden freaking rack with ropes and shit. And they would tie him to this rack all day long and stretch him. And that morning, two weeks later, remember, they're on the way down to the city. Can you imagine today with cell phones? They're driving and they got him strapped to the, the plywood rack in the back of a pit. People are blowing their horns, pointing the back of the pickup truck. You got a guy tied down there. That would he be got, on live TV. That would be on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be the OJ Bronco thing. We're following a pickup truck now and he's got someone tied down. He won't pull over. They got there. You know, he did, he did a thing, boom, and, he, and, and think about that. We would have never had John, John Mittendorf in our life with what a, what a sad yeah. story that would have been. So you're taking your physical, and, and I, I got to ask you to, you know, if you want to tell the story, it's up to you. It's a great story. Um, I think we should move on. Okay, we'll move on. Anyway, you get, <laughs> you get hired. You get hired, and everything was on the up and up. I mean, there was no – you know, oh, there is no, there is no anything but up and yeah. up on the FDMY New York City civil service exams. You take oh. a test, the, the results come out, the list numbers come out. They're published in a civil service newspaper, name, average, grade. There is no, well, there's no jumping ahead of anybody or anything. And I'll put it this way, you know, as a young kid, young firefighter, we always make mistakes or we show up, you know, we're just like, and you were lucky you had a senior guy from the FDMY kind of help you with some advice to get, you know, John. You need to pay attention, do this, and so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. So now you're on the FDOI. You're on the FDOI as a probie. And, and, and for, I think a lot of young firefighters love hearing from, from a lot of the senior guys like yourself about your career. So wh where did you get first assigned? Yeah, so I have to go through the academy. I'm trying to remember what the academy was, six or eight weeks. It was ridiculously short back mm -hmm. then. Um, graduated right after the new year. Got hired in November into December. Must have been eight weeks then like January 3rd or something like that. We went to the firehouse, which was good. Um, and I went to 34 engine with 21 truck in on West 38th street in midtown Manhattan, which was, you know, I was so excited to be on the FDNY. I don't want to say the numbers meant nothing to me, but I really didn't know what was busy and what wasn't busy. And I didn't know anybody to help me get anywhere. Like, like I've helped many guys over my career. But let, let me, play. let me ask you, let me, I got to ask you. Okay. You, you, you describe the feeling you had when you graduated the academy. Let's back up. Let's go back. I mean, the day, the day you're on your way to your fight, you know what I'm saying? That the, right, right. the pounding in your chest, I mean, it had to be exhilarating. Oh, my God. I can still remember that feeling, how, how you know, exciting that was, being in a dress uniform, not the dress, <laughs> but you know, the, the, the class B, you know, the nice trousers and a dress shirt and the, and the, and the bell cap. and. Um, and they are, man, with an FDMY patch. And now, of course, back then they gave you like these yellow slickers and, and, and like, my goodness, civil defense black, you know, Tupperware helmets. That's what you're trained in for, for the whole academy. You're going to wow. get your leather helmet and your, and your black turnout coat with the stripes till like four days before you left. And so now they are graduating. You got this brand new, like, brand new leather helmet. You got <laughs> a, a turnout coat, you know, with the brand new stripes, brand new boots. Of course, it was boots and coat and uh, helmet back then, and uh, it was just exciting. You know, the front piece, of course, had the orange, you know, the orange probie thing on it, uh, and I went to 34 Engine, drove over to the firehouse in, in, in Manhattan, which was, uh, 
you know, because I had no idea where anything was in the city. I was a Long Island boy, you know. <laughs> well, it's bad enough you guys have like like 300 firehouses that you have to get a map to to find sometimes, and they're hidden, some of them in neighborhoods and that. But so you're at 34 Engine. How long were you there? Oh, I got right out of there, man. I was at 34 Engine. When I walked in that first day, I, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but um, believe it or not, um, I was terribly – you know, excited and terribly disappointed at the same time because, of course, once you get the number, once you get your assignment, everybody looks them up. 34 engine was, in fact, the slowest engine in Manhattan. Oh, wow. There wasn't a slower company. There wasn't an engine that did less runs than 34 engine. I was, you know, but, I'm, but I just got on the FDNY. So you, you, I'm so excited about getting on a job, and I'm so disappointed about the assignment. <laughs> you know? So, listen. What are you going to do? I was still there. I still was a probie. I still had to perform. I still, you know, it was a whole firehouse full of guys there, including seven or eight other probies that were there, you know, two months ahead of me, four months ahead of me, six months ahead of me and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I fell right in and, and met a bunch of guys there that, that, I, that I got to know, you know, and be friends with. And most guys that were there that didn't want to stay there all got out of there. We all got out of there. We all went to 26 truck and an 11 truck and, you know, 26 engine and all the other places that guys. Well, where, did you, where did you go after that then? Well, it took me a while and I can't quite remember. Uh, Pete Riccardi was a big Italian guy. He was the, uh, he was from six truck, believe it or not, where Jay Jonas ended up being the captain and the world trade center. You know, FTNY hires Italian guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he, he was the Manhattan borough trustee for the firefighters union. And I got involved with the union as well. In other words, trying to get out of there. And I'm not quite sure why he helped me or how he helped me, but I had no time on the job at all. And I put in for 11 truck. I got 11 truck, which is absolutely oh, unbelievable. That's it, a it great company, of, right? Absolutely. One of the greatest companies on the job. You know, at the time, a couple of years right before then, it had been right up there at the top, number one. And, uh, you know, and runs and workers and stuff like that. And they even asked me when I got there, how the hell, how the hell did you get here? You know, <laughs> frankly, I don't know, but I got to, I got to give Pete Riccardi a tip of the helmet. Pete's passed on as well a couple of years ago, but uh, great guy. You know, you had to listen to all his union, all his union nonsense during your conversations, but, <laughs> but he came through for me and I got out of there and I never looked back and I never looked back. It was, uh, it was a great place. Yeah. Well, now, so, all right. Um, and let me ask you before, I, I, I want you to tell a story real quick, but you went from 11 truck. Where was your next stop? Actually, I stayed at 11 truck for the, like four years and I went to rescue three from 11. Okay. Trucks. So, so time out, time out, time out. We, we talk in class about, we come to office with firefighters about tool assignments and carrying your tools and take care of your tools and never giving up your tools. You never give up the nozzle. You know, you listen to your company officer, your boss, you follow him or her anywhere. You know, you follow the senior, the senior guy, that guy or gal and, 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 but you never, you're right. I, I, I used to tell people, I said, don't ever touch my Halligan. Don't ever, you know, just, I mean, I remember Jeff Welch. Jeff just passed away. God bless him. You remember Jeff. I remember Jeff putting his, his gear back in his buggy as a chief up in, in Hayden, Idaho. And some young firefighter went to help him just to pick up his tool. He goes, hey, don't, don't, don't ever touch my tool again. And it was one of those things. So you got to tell the story with, with, with your whole Halligan tool, that thing. Great story. Actually, it wasn't a Halligan. It, it, it was a hook. hook, hook. And, it was, um, <clears throat> and the story is we had this, uh, I'm imagining it was a vacant building. We had a lot, a lot of vacant building fires back then. Um, a lot of fires of every kind, but wow, a lot of vacant buildings. And they were always good, good working fires. So 
one day we had, a, I, I, I believe it was a top floor fire in a six story old law tenement. And we were there working and pulling ceilings and the engine was hitting the hot spots and all that. And it was just, just great. You know, I can smell it. It was great. And, uh, and I'm there with, with, you know, the whole company, my Lieutenant, probably Jerry Kelly and, and Richie Bardo. Richie Bardo was also one of my senior men. He was like the show for the senior guy on a shift that I worked on. I would have to say most of the time that I was there. Um, Richie also just, uh, unfortunately passed away just, oh. just in September. And I didn't even find out about it till November. Uh, Richie was a very quiet, personal guy and he didn't want to share information. So they really didn't make any announcements or anything. When it appeared on the department order was when, when people saw it, you know, but anyway, Richie was a great guy. Very, very low key guy, very quiet guy, never sitting down. You never see him sitting down where he was always walking around the firehouse. No matter when you saw him, he was walking by, walking by, sticking his head in a room that you were in studying or whatever. And uh, anyway, so he's up there with us and we're all doing something. And he says, Hey, give, give, give me a hook, pass it over. I said, no, no, no. Richie, what, what do you need? Just, just pass it over. I got something right here. I'll hand it right back to you. I said, Richie, you're not getting my hook. What do you need? Cause I was the can man. Cause I was the Johnny. I had the can and the six foot hook. Just give me the hook for a second. I'm right here. I'll give it right back to you. Come on, come on. And he got me. So I, I, I reach in, I hand him the hook, six foot hook and he just turns. And, and wings it, throws it right out the back window. Right out the back window into the backyard, all the way six stories down. Chucked it out the window. Chucked it out the window. So, so what I, happened then? Well, I mean, obviously I had to go down and get it. I don't even know if I kind of saw it or didn't see it. I said, Dad, I got to go downstairs, Lou. And I walked out, made my way downstairs, blah, 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 all the way down to six flights, out the front door, but he's there looking, you know. The man post, chief's out front looking. And I go down the alley and go out the back and get my hook and go walking back up. It was it was a, a ridiculous, ridiculous moment that I'll never forget, though. It was great. It really was great. And I was after being warned and told and instructed not to give your tool up, but he talked me into it. And it was, you know, luckily it was friend, not foe. You know what I'm saying? It was somebody from my own company. It was a it was a good lesson. Well, and and I know I know your your driver's license is John J. Salka Jr. But was it here or 34 engine that you received? You, you were given a new name for your birth certificate. It was 11. It was 11. It was there. <laughs> because when I got to 11 truck, I'm John Salka, and they're all like, no, 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 no. We got nine Johns here already. You're Sammy. And, and I don't know who got that or who picked it. And it was I, I was Sammy for like four years. My wife was calling me Sammy when I worked there. You know, it was pretty funny. Um, and then, and then, of course, that name died along along with that assignment when I left there. Oh, God, that's that is that is great. That is great. All right, funny. so that now, so now, let's go. So you go from there. to, oh my God, rescue! I'm an eleven truck, and things are going great, and going a lot of fires, and I got lucky and made a couple little grabs and stuff, and and I'm now like four years, and I don't know what was biting me, but I wanted to do more. You know, now now I got like five years on a job. You know, and I'm saying I got I gotta. There's got to be, and, and of course, now I'm going to all these fires down there, and who's showing up at all the fires? Rescue One. I see all these, like, who are these guys? No, that's Rescue. You got to be like somebody special to be in Rescue. You know, I'm like, really? What's that about? Then I start finding out guys from 11 Truck are in Rescue. A couple of guys from 11 Truck are in Rescue One. A couple of guys from 11 Truck are in Rescue Two. I'm like, wow. So now I put my sights on Rescue Three, because I live upstate New York. I'm driving all the way through Manhattan from the top to the bottom. I figure, hey, you know what? Rescue Three covers Harlem and the Bronx. How could you beat that? You know, all the work and flies up there. <laughs> so I, you know, I made my visit up there, talked to Captain Billy Ryan, got my name on a list. That was in the old days when you had to get on a list, talk to the captain. If you were qualified, if you were, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, hang in there, if you had some special skills, if you knew the right people, there's a, there was a lot of conditions that could help you get in. Um, now, like I said, I was fortunate enough to be an 11, which had a good reputation. I made a couple of grabs and, and, you know, so that was on my, on my resume, you know, and there I was on the list, you know, waiting to get, waiting to get. Oh, I, I, I know. I, I, I just, um, just the, 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 the pull or not pull, but the, the talent that you have to have along with the procedures, like you say, talking to Captain Billy Ryan to be able to get on the list and then, you know, to get, you know, that all these years you run in your own companies and stuff that you right. can't fix. And, you know, and you call, you call her every couple of months or every nine months. So you stop by, if you're, once in a while I would stop by there because I had to practically drive past it to go home. And or you'd watch a department order and see a guy retire or get promoted out of rescue tree. Like, Oh, they got another opening or, or they wouldn't even call you, you know? So, uh, I ended up stopping by there one day from 11 truck on the way home and talked to uh, a lieutenant that was working and uh, Jack McKeon actually, who's, I think it was his father was, was the pilot on the fireboat, the John D McGeehan right. got, got killed during an explosion out on the boat. They had a, they were fighting a fire and the, the, the boat that they were trying to extinguish exploded and oh, blew the, wow. boat off the boat, killed him. And subsequently they named a, a boat after him. As soon as you said that name, I recognize that name. Yep. Yep. So Jack said, uh, Really? How long have you been? I said, oh, it's been like a year now. I've been waiting, you know, nine months. He said, hold on a second. And he leaves the office. He comes back a minute later. He said, I just got off the phone with the captain. Okay, you're in. We just lost a guy. There's a spot coming open. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll send some paperwork down to the 4th Battalion, and, and you'll you probably be here, like, by next week. That was the old days. There was no rescue school. There was no nothing. You got picked. You got sent up on an onion skin, which was a transfer. Not a transfer. It was an onion skin. It was a detail. So you just changed places. You just started working somewhere else and you learned and you worked with the guys and went to flyers and they just threw you right into it. You were one of the five guys. That was it. And if you worked out, you stayed and, and you got a spot on the roster on a, on a transfer order. And if you sucked and you didn't work out, they sent you back to where you came from, you know? And, you, and so, you, so you're at rescue three. I know I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I can still, you, you, you wear the rescue three ring. I, I will yep. too. That, that, that is just such a, a great honor. It's on your hand right now, but so you're at Rescue Three, and before we move from Rescue Three, um, just, just I mean, you worked with some great people. You obviously you you started, you went to the academy with Jay Jonas, um, Proby School Carpool. He's Godfather for your son James, who's a captain in the Marine Corps. Um, you guys were riding the back of Rescue Three with John Norman and all these, all these other guys that were just great firefighters. And you had you had, I wish I could have worked for him when I hear you talk about him. But Lieutenant. Oh, Yep. Um, in the in the right in the front seat and, and Marty McTeague and others. Great, great, great guys. So 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 I'm gonna go back. Back to the Long Island kid. All right, I know you want to be a cop, but now you're 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 riding, you're on rescue freaking three, dude. I mean that's that's like you know, there's Chicago's a lot of guys. Yeah, there's there's great rescues, don't get me wrong. All five rescues are great in New York City, just like all the squads in Chicago are, but there's something about riding. For a lot of guys, oh, squad five versus squad two versus rescue three versus rescue one. I mean, just well, it's amazing. Oh my and god, he was known. Rescue three had had like a big blue. It's this big hulky looking guy with the helmet on, and you know, <laughs> it's funny because they had a picture. This big Hulk, but he's in turnout gear with a helmet on with a three and a big bulging eyes, and he's got an eagle by the throat that's scra- screeching with a number one on it. That's rescue one. They had the number. <laughs> it's got. It's got the bulldog under its other arm squeezing it. That's rescue two with its eyes bulging out. Oh. And then it's got 
uh, what the heck was Rescue 4 at the time? I'm trying to remember what Rescue 4 was. But He's not it, standing whatever, that, is he? Whatever, whatever the other character was, Rescue 4, it's got a, its foot on top of its head. <laughs> <laughs> is that still? They're, they're still called Big Blue. Is that still like oh, their... absolutely. Big Blue. It says it right on the ring, yeah. <laughs> now, I remember one night. Funny you should say this. I remember one night. I was um, uh, working, and we had a job not too far from Yankee Stadium. And who was at a game at Yankee Stadium? Like five of the guys from the Mineola Volunteer Fire Department oh. that I had previously been in. I wasn't there anymore. I lived upstate now. And then all of a sudden they come walking up to me. Hey, John, what's up? I'm like, can you imagine the thrill of all of a sudden your volunteer fire friends coming up to you like four years after you leave the place? And now you're in a rescue company. Oh, and a God. That, I that, still that, remember it. That's freaking incredible. That is. All right. So, 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 okay. So we went from, from Mineola, we went from Mineola to Titusville. We bypassed the Nassau, you know, cops. Okay. That whole thing, that thing. You get on the FDNY, your 34 engine, 11 truck, rescue three. Now this is, you, you get promoted to Lieutenant, right? Right. Studying for Lieutenant along with Jay Jonas and a bunch of other guys there. We all did really well and it was hard to leave, but I did cause I wanted to, you know, promote and I wanted to move up. And I told guys all the time, don't ever, don't ever pass up a promotion for love of the place that you're in. Cause there's more great places to come, you know? So and you could go I make did. a difference. You could go make a difference at another place. Else, in the boss. And meet more people and see yeah. more things. So, I did. I took the promotion and went to the first-line supervisor's training and all that and ended up, believe it or not, I ended up back in the Lower East Side of Manhattan right down the block from 11 truck. I was an 18 truck because oh, I was familiar cool. with the battalion. I was familiar that it was a good place to work. I knew they were still doing work. So I went to 18 truck, which was a uh, towel ladder. Knew most of the guys because I had been a fireman there like five years earlier. So some new people and some older people. And uh, had a great time there. Got the spot, worked there for Again, not very long, maybe 18 months. And I get a phone call from Tony Lindbergh. Tony Lindbergh was like the administrative lieutenant at Rescue Services. The rescue companies at the time were just in the battalion that they were geographically in. So Rescue 3 was in the 13th Battalion. And you got overtime in the other companies, and they got overtime in the rescue, just like every other company. And for the longest time, it's always been the five rescues, right? Well, Those for the longest time, it was four rescues. Or and then four. they made okay. Rescue 5 in Staten Island, okay. or reactivated it. Over the years, they had them in and had them out. But so now it was just the five rescues, and um, they started what they called SOC, Special Operations Command. And of course, all the companies were already staffed with firefighters and officers, but they needed a couple of covering people, a couple of extra lieutenants and captains to put in the mix, so they had people to cover vacations and stuff like that. So they called me up, said, "Hey, you're a new lieutenant, even though you're assigned, uh, you were in a rescue. Would you be interested in coming back?" Boom! I grabbed it. I left 1118 truck. And I went into SOC and started bouncing around. Uh, well, actually, it was Squad 1 and the five rescues. And that's what I did. I covered in rescue, uh, rescue services, they called it back then, for, uh, oh, I think it was about a year or so. And then a spot opened up. I ended up getting Squad 1 as, as a lieutenant assigned to uh, Squad 1, which was the only squad. Around it, the it was the only squad, right, for a long time. Correct. Yep. The squad. Okay. Was reactivated back in 77. Ray Downey was the, the captain back then when they reactivated it, reopened it. Had been closed for a couple of years. So uh, he was long gone. It was a different captain there. But uh, So I went there and had a great time for a couple of years. I remember riding out with Donnie Hayden when he was a captain on Squad 1. And that was, I, was, I used to tell him when we were teaching at, at U of I together at Illinois, the fire service history, everything, with him with his helmet, I used to grab it all the time, put it in my gear bag. And he would just look at me and go, Ricky, that, that, give me my helmet back. Give me, give me my helmet back, Ricky. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Donnie? You know, anyway, that old crusty, you know, 
uh, squad one helmet. So, all right. So from squad one, as a lieutenant, you get promoted from lieutenant to captain. Correct. And, and Correct. Studying with Jay and the whole group again, Ralph, Ralph uh, Fago and, and all the guys, get promoted to captain again right up the top of the list. Out I go. And where do I go? I go back up to the Bronx. Why, why not head north? I'm, squad one's 83 miles from my house. So I headed back up north where I was only 60 miles away. You know? <laughs> and uh, around for a very little amount of time, not interested in going back to SOC or rescue or squad because I was already studying for chief. I knew I was going to at least try to be a battalion chief. So I said, I better get back to the real world of engines and trucks. And a lot of people don't get that, John. We talked about that. And I remember Donnie Hayes saying, well, as soon as I got done studying for lieutenant, I made a lieutenant's list. I knew I was going to make lieutenant within two years or whatever. I'm studying for captain. Right. And as soon as I made captain, I remember we're, we took about a month off. We were starting from battalion. It's for those that want to, it's just never ending. It's not like in some of the suburbs, well, are they going to post a list? Yeah, they'll post it. Uh, the post exam. All right. Well, then I'm gonna start studying, and hopefully I'll make the. You know, this this is a continuous thing you guys do. Well, I mean, the study is certainly was continuous. The list always was continuous, and 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 them giving a test sometimes was was unknown until it came out. So often we'd be studying for a test that we didn't even know was scheduled yet. You know, but we knew that the list was two years old already, and it probably had two years left on it. And then they'll give a test within a year. So okay. We can start studying now, and three years from now, we'll take a test, you know. And you don't start studying in earnest. You start studying, uh, you dabble, you know, right. once a week, twice a week, uh, once a week, you know, maybe twice a month, you get together with a group, or you start reading slowly at work an hour a night, and you put the books away after an hour, and you gradually work yourself up to a couple hours every shift. Then maybe you start after a year reading a little bit at home, taking a day or, you know, a day or two a week and reading, reading a little bit at home. Well, okay, so so – so all right, so you're 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 in the Bronx, you're covering, and and you end up is this where you end up on 48 engine, right? Right. I didn't even really cover very long in the Bronx because 48 engine was already open. Um, the captain there had had already been promoted and left. Uh, Eddie Scholes, great great guy. He was already battalion chief. The spot was open, so they were looking for somebody to take it right away, like UFO. Until further orders, just jump in there and, and hold it down. Uh, there were several other more senior captains than me that weren't interested in it because it was a pretty busy place, 4,000-something runs a year. They didn't really want to – you know, guys that had been doing that already for a couple of years said, nah, I'll pass it up. Bory uh, was one of the captains. He ended up taking 81 engine, and uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy took uh, 50, 51 truck, I think he took up in the Bronx. Jimmy Lucas, he wasn't interested either. They were both senior to me. But uh, I said, sure, I'll take 48 engine. I knew Mike Wilbur. Mike Wilbur was in 56 right. truck. So I said, sure, I'll take that place, UFO. So I took it, loved it. Put the paper in. I was the only guy that had the transfer in for it, and I got it, and that was that. And what a great end! What a first of all, what a busy ass engine company. I mean, you well, were average, crazy busy. You guys crazy were busy, like but six. it was great. Every shift went by like mad, and you never knew what you were doing. From you know, giving you know some woman giving birth on the street to a car fire to a gigantic job to a who the hell knows what of cat. I, I mean, everything was happening there. It was great. You guys were running fires. You know, 48 engine, 6,000 plus runs a, a year. It fires, you know, daily, daily, daily. You know, like you said, everything. You st and I know this, you know, I don't, we don't have a ton of time, but, you know, I'll mention this. You always had time or you found time to train your people. If you didn't, you did it the very next work day and everything else. Great, great, great engine company. You're the captain there. And then, and then you get promoted to battalion chief. All right. So, so Correct. that's all. Because you're stu I mean, the studying goes on, like you say, from your captain study for BC. 
obviously you were covered for a little bit as a BC, right? Before you ended up. Yep, same thing. They, they lift you out of where you go, where you are, and you go somewhere else. I was in the seventh division, which was from the cross Bronx North. That was the middle to the North of the Bronx. And then the sixth, the sixth division was the same borderline in the middle and South. So I went down to the sixth division, which was nice not to have to go too far. Sometimes they put you down in Manhattan, which wouldn't have been the end of the world. But so I went to the sixth division and bounced around down there. And my, my, uh, one of my idols, Joe, Joe Callen, uh, was a division commander down there. He took very good care of me. I pretty much went from vacation to vacation, meaning I spent two or three weeks every time I went somewhere in a battalion covering for the same place. And then I'd leave. The guy would come back on vacation, and I'd go up the road to another battalion for two or three weeks. So it was pretty nice. Versus you could go sometimes day to day for two or three weeks and work in a different place every day. Um, and I put my ear in down there, and I had gotten to know – Frank Fellini, pretty good. Frank Fellini was a commander of the 7th Division, good old-time fire chief, and uh, he and I got along pretty well. He was a pretty tough boss, but, but, but fair, you know what I mean? But he had demands. You did what he liked, and he wouldn't mess with you, and if you didn't do what he liked, you, you got to know him pretty well. And, uh, but he was, the, he was a division commander that was quartered in my firehouse when I was a captain, so I saw him all the time, stuff up in the office, bullshit with him. And you know what? When the time came, 18th Battalion opened. I think I called him up. I put in for it, and I got it. You know, I, I didn't get it the first time I put in for it. Another guy got it. And then I got the next spot. So I ended up going back to the battalion where I had been captain, the same battalion, the 1-8. Well, and you, end up with a, you ended up in a great battalion. You ended up as the battalion commander. After How many, how many total years in the 18th Battalion? You no, know, I think I was a chief for 17 years, and I think I was there maybe 15 or 16 or oh. something like that. So, okay, I know we're running out of time here. Um, uh, I jotted down a couple things before we, uh, that I want to ask you before we, before we finish up. And I know we're going a little bit longer than most of our podcasts, but this is all great stuff. Um, you, you meddled. You got, you got the first bell. It's called the Firebell Club or the Bell Club? The Firebell Club medal, yeah. Firebell Club. And just briefly, you, you – and, and I'm going to ask you. I'm going to put you in a spot because you don't ever talk about this stuff. Um, and, and, and that's because good people don't have to uh, talk about themselves. They leave it to me. I'll do it. Um, you, you ended up with a medal for saving another firefighter's life, right? Um, found, a, found a firefighter unconscious or nearly unconscious. Remember. Yeah, actually, uh, if I put them in order, the first medal I got was the Columbia Association medal. And that was for, um, I, you know, I, I found a little two-year-old uh, in a search um, during a fire. Um, and then two years later in 84 is when we had another job where uh, Freddie Schwartzrock, who was the, uh, the senior man, the chauffeur of the 11 truck, we responded to a second alarm. And I don't even know really what happened to him, but I came upon him. He was down in the hallway. And the mask was off and he was out of air and I shared air with him and, and the whole thing went to shit, really. I, we ended up in bad shape, both of us. And then, then they came and found us and called a May Day and we were sharing air and dragging us out. We had to lift him out by by life-saving rope, lift him up to scuttle onto the roof and, and, you know, not resuscitate him, but give him oxygen. And it was a pretty big, dramatic fire that made the newspapers and everything else. And, uh, of course, they credited me with, you know, hanging out there with him and staying with him and sharing some air with him, which was, for him, it turned out to be a really good thing that I did. But, you know, as as, as we teach everybody, you really shouldn't share air if you, if, you, if you don't have to. You end up with two people unconscious instead of just one. Although I never was actually unconscious, I got messed up. So we both spent the night in the hospital in different rooms, and a uh, mayor Ed Koch came and visited me and everything else. It was it was interesting. Well, and and again, like you said, we tell people not to do that, but 
you know what? You, there's a firefighter that uh, – Hard not to do when it, when it comes up and you know the guy laying there in front of you, you know? Exactly, exactly. So I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that because I know you, there's a long list of medals and commendations you received in, in, in all the years. over over. And just to throw some training stuff in there, and I didn't give him any day because I didn't have a radio because I was the cameraman, and cameraman didn't have a radio back then. So there's a perfect example that I lived through. I couldn't give a mayday because I didn't have a radio. There you go. There you go. That's right. A lot of guys don't know that. And like I said, all the combinations, they're also like well over three decades. Okay. Last two things here. We'll, we'll wrap things up. Um, if you could, best moment, best memory from the FDNY. And I'm putting you on the spot. I know there's a gazillion of them. If you could pick one, let's just say this. I'll list it. I'll t say it easier for you. One of the many great memories you had. That way you don't have to worry about picking one over the other. Well, obvious one of the best ones was, and it was after I retired, it was pinning the badge on my son when, when my son Brian became a fireman. There you go. That was cool. None of my kids really expressed any interest in the fire service at all my whole career, my whole career, until a couple of years after I retired when my son Brian went down south and, and ended up getting a job down there. But uh, as far as on the job, in, in New York City, on the FDNY, I mean, Going to the rescue was pretty, pretty damn cool. Putting that big blue number three on my helmet was pretty cool. Pretty cool. I still remember it, man. Heart, heart pounded. Hey, last yep. thing, advice. Talk to that brand. Talk to the, talk to the Long Island volunteer or the, the guy in Titusville, Florida, or whatever. Um, what, what would you say? You, you've lived this, John. You know what? You forty plus years in the fire service, well over three decades with the FDNY, some of the busiest companies there. Um, what advice would you give, I, you know, to, to that young firefighter, to that young guy or gal, you know, that's just starting. Out. Well, it's the same thing that you and I've been talking about for years. Just keep, just keep pushing, just keep going and just keep trying to get where you want to go. You know, some guys end up giving up saying, ah, you know what, this is a pretty good place. I'll stay here. And ah, I like being a lieutenant. I don't feel like studying again. And I always tell guys, keep on going, man. Because I mean, at the time I remember studying with Jay and it was some, it, it was arduous. Sometimes. Sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes we were just sort of cruising along and we were getting good at it. Sometimes it was hard and sometimes I'd rather be out playing paddleball or softball or baseball or in the pool or hunting or whatever. But I stayed inside and finished studying or I missed a television show or I missed, you know, I didn't go to a lot of stuff. You know, I missed a lot of rackets. Um, but in the end, Jay and I talked about it last night. We were out to dinner last night on our 40th anniversary. We talked about it and we, we rarely talked about it during our time on a job, but Boy, oh boy, I got a very nice pension, and then and that pension is as a result of all the times I buckled down and studied and took tests and got promotions. And people ask me what rank do you like the best, and and it was and the answer is whatever rank I was in. Being a fireman in rescue three was great. Being a lieutenant squad weight squad one was great. Being a captain of forty eight was great. Being a chief in a one eight was great. They were all great when I was there, and I never looked and said, oh man, I really love being the captain more than anything, because I didn't. I loved everyone the same when I was in it. And I never looked back and I never looked forward. I always just enjoyed where I was, you know? Well, it's kind of one of those things value today. Don't take it for granted, man. Every experience, every moment you have uh, as a firefighter, John, you and I have said this for, for years. It's a blessing. It is a true, true, honest to goodness blessing to be able to do like the coolest job in the world. And uh, to our, to our listeners, you know, we just, we, we, you know, we, we talk about a lot on this, on this podcast, old school, we talk about tactics, we talk about leadership, we talk about all kinds of things. And, and I, I asked John if we could just spend one of these episodes celebrating 40 years, 
you know, the 40 years ago when he's starting FDNY, you know, 43 years in a fire service and still going, still chief of his volunteer department, still go. He's got to go to meeting, you know, later on. Um, but John, I, I just, I, I think it's incredible. And I'll say this, um, I know you'll never acknowledge this, so I'll acknowledge it for you, but you'll truly never ever know. You'll never truly know, uh, be able to wrap your arms around the, just how many lives you've, you've impacted firefighters, uh, people who are, you know, lieutenants and captains of battalion chiefs and chiefs now, uh, forget just the civilians lives that you touch being in the fire service. But I think it's incredible, buddy. Congratulations on, uh, again, um, I was looking at some of those pictures of you. I'm looking, look at that little dude. Look at that. Look at that face. He's got everything in front oh, of him. Seems like yesterday, right? And then, and then you became a big movie. You became a big movie slash TV star. I saw. Oh, yeah. And uh, as, as you as you see, that was hardly mentioned anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, for our viewers, that that's a wrap, John. That's another uh, or our, our listeners, I should say, uh, another another episode of old school. Uh, folks, I hope you hope you like this. This is one of those where we just want to talk about a an incredible career where there's so many of them out there. A lot of you are in that in that you're in it right now. You're in it right now. You're either at the beginning or towards the end, or you're you you you're finished. And uh, uh, it's it just celebrate it, celebrate it, live it, have fun. Um, John, if they want to get a hold of you, uh, email or website. What's better? Email Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And I'm at chieflasky at gmail.com. We want to thank you again for, for tuning in and for subscribing. We, we've hit over 10,000 uh, uh, hits on just iTunes in the very, very short time we've been on here. And it has been very short. And uh, check us out there on a YouTube channel. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we, we end all our shows by asking you to please keep the men and women uh, in our armed forces uh, in your thoughts and prayers. And right now, our brothers and sisters in blue and law enforcement, they're, they're, they're going through, again, some, some rough times. But uh, we always finish by also saying never forgetting means never forgetting. So be careful. God bless you. And uh, be safe. <laughs>